I want to talk about humility, the idea of humility, and how this gets played out in society. Clearly, that's a really large topic. So uh, hopefully, if I just say right off that uh, I'm not going to cover most of the topic, I'm not going to cover, say, the history of it or uh, most of the the implications of it, even within, uh, say, Western culture. Hopefully, that'll sort of cut things off at the pass, and it'll make it okay that I'm going to uh, take a fairly limited, uh, not very knowledgeable scope on it, which is, uh, in a way, both oddly appropriate for talking about humility and points out the problem, which is really what I want to talk about. Um, what I would what I would term a problem of false humility, which is that um, a lot of times, specifically uh, in in Western or really American culture, and I think this is also somewhat specific to where I live, where I've where I've grown up, uh, the the Northeast, Massachusetts. Uh, humility is not just expected of people a lot of the time it's a kind of dance if you want to put it uh politely it's or what i what i often think of it as and i think of a lot of things this way uh it's a game it's a game that's played between people uh it's played on an internal level too which gets a little bit more complicated in some ways but in terms of people talking social interactions it's a game that gets played with certain forms, certain formats, certain kinds of rules, really people expect, uh, in a lot of places, people expect each other to put on a kind of show of humility, um, and if that doesn't happen, people tend to get confused and they get uh, upset, frustrated, and angry. So what can happen is there's a sort of... Um, constant thing of showing one's own humility really showing one's own wretchedness showing that you're you're just nothing you're you don't know anything you don't have anything to say um uh your your opinion is worthless you, you're you're you don't really have you don't have much and if you do you want to downplay it and if that doesn't happen people a lot of the time tend to think you're you, you think you're better than them quote-unquote, or you think you're too good. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's there's a lot there, but part of that, I think, is just uh, on the level of a, a sort of custom or cultural game where people are expecting a certain level of, um, of humility, of a kind of false humility, and that it's not totally from the heart, it's not totally true or honest, it's based on making other people comfortable. Not that making other people uncomfortable is the best thing in the world, or not that making people uh, comfortable is so bad. Um, definitely there, there are a lot of things with love and with kindness that um, get involved with making people comfortable, sort of being a host to other people. That's very positive. That's great. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But the kind of thing that happens where, you know, if you're talking to somebody about something good that happened to you, uh, and I'll try to think of some concrete examples to make this a little bit clearer, but talking about something good that happened to you, uh, 
where you kind of downplay it in order to not upset them or not to make it competitive. And the irony there is a lot of times the humility itself becomes competitive with someone saying uh, something to the effect that, oh, you know, this, you know, I've, I've done this, for example, I've done this, maybe I've been to school, I've completed certain kinds of training, or I've, I've learned a skill, whether it's art or fixing cars or carpentry. I've, I've, I know this, uh, maybe I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not that great at it. Like, let's take the example of carpentry because that's something I can't really do. Um, you know, I, I won't feel uncomfortable talking about that because I, you know, um, that's something I can talk about without really having knowledge of it. It's sort of abstract, but it's real at the same time. So let's say, let's say, for example, you learned, um, a certain kind of carpentry. I guess there are different kinds, but you've learned, you've learned some, a number of skills involved in, in carpentry and making stuff using, using those kind of skills and those tools. And from hearing me talk about it, obviously I know very, very little about it. Um, you know, I can, I can do some basic fixing up in the house, but really, really basic. Um, and that's not false humility. That's actually true. I'm really, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not handy. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so let's say, let's say for example, that you've become a, a good carpenter and there's not, there's not a kind of self delusion there. You're not fooling yourself. You actually are a decent carpenter measured up against other carpenters who have had the same amount of experience as you. Um, and you're and you're talking to someone about this. It comes up in conversation somehow, um, uh, say with an acquaintance. It's 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 very very common for people in that kind of situation to say, "Well, you know, I've learned this, but you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest." Or, um, "Yeah, I've been a carpenter now for 15 years. Uh, I, I apprenticed for a little while, or I learned a lot of stuff from my dad, maybe my uncles." Uh, and, uh, and that's how I got into this and it just sort of happened naturally. I got into this thing and it, it, uh, it seemed like something I, I felt comfortable doing. It was, it was my kind of thing. And, and after a certain point I, I learned it and maybe I started getting some jobs here and there and then it went from there. And, but so often with that kind of thing, uh, not everybody, you know, there are confident people out there. There are people who are overconfident or, um, brash too. And that's the, that's the other side of that coin. That's the opposite of this false humility, a kind of false pride. But, you know, with, with false humility saying, you know, yeah, I, I've, I've learned a little bit of this, but you know, it's, it's no big deal or uh, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess, I guess at this point I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking about this soon because I don't, I don't actually have a whole lot to say about it. I feel like if I drone on for another five minutes, I'm going to start kind of treading water um, intellectually. But I guess at this point, the interesting uh, tension or irony, the, the interesting question is that on the one hand, it's, it's fake. Um, it's a game that gets played uh, because people are afraid of offending other people. Um, or they feel uncomfortable with themselves or they feel on some level that they are really amazing at this thing. There is a level of false pride going on with the carpenter example. Maybe they feel like they're, they're really, really an, uh, an incredible carpenter. They're better than most of the guys out there who have been doing carpentry this long. But if they let that show 
they know that they're going to get in trouble. Uh, people are going to think that they're too proud. They're going to they're going to think they're they're um, sort of acting above their station. If that's if that's a phrase. Um, so in order in order to counteract that or kind of head that off at the pass, they come out with this this um, mask of false humility. Almost as a sort of battle with themselves, battling with their own pride, which is definitely something that that happens. Something that I that I work on, uh, and is in a certain way very valuable to work on, because pride and arrogance in themselves are, are can be very destructive and and diluting, very confusing, uh, as they as they go on as a pattern. You start to believe in your own arrogance, in some ways while at the same time doubting yourself because you realize that at some deep level it is not true. That gets very confusing, very hallucinatory. So on the one hand, there's that that, that negative uh, fake humility that goes on as a sort of game or an internal battle connected to a game. On the other hand, I think it's important to realize uh, at some level that all these games are valid as games. And that gets very, very dangerous, very tricky, because it gets us into areas of dishonesty uh, and manipulation. You know, you can say things like, well, I wasn't being fully honest about something, but, you know, it's just, uh, it's the way people are. You know, if you're communicating in a way that's very false and dishonest, seeing that that as a game being valid, well, you know, you can trick somebody or you don't have to present the truth uh, about what you think or who you are or what you're doing because it's all just a game. So that gets very, very dangerous. But uh, in another way, um, culture, society seems to be made up of customs and games. Uh, and uh, one issue that I have so often with the world, with the way, interacting with other people and society is that I... I if I get the hint that something is not authentic, that it seems like a game to me or some kind of dance, um, small talk, for example, for a long time, I, I was just disgusted, utterly disgusted by small talk. Uh, and I've gotten over that for a number of reasons. It's, that's not really an issue so much anymore. Um, I should talk about small talk later. That's a really interesting one. But uh, there's a part of me that just uh, gets, flies off the handle internally most of the time. That flies off the handle when it sees that there's some kind of mask being put on by people, some kind of game uh, in a very simplistic kind of childish way. That's not real. That's not, re that's not what people really feel. That's not what they really think. There's some kind of uh, deceptive dance going on. Um... But, and there's, there's something to that, but at the same time, if you blindly get stuck in that kind of rut where you're thinking that, where you only accept authenticity, you, you only feel that you're authentic and you'll only deal with others who are really uh, acting in terms of integrity and total honesty, um, first of all, you're, you're going to be very, very lonely. Uh, you're not going to have a whole lot of people who want to interact with you, which could be okay, but it's going to be very, very uh, isolating in some ways. Uh, but, but at the same time, it, it just limits your options as far as action a whole lot. 
I guess that's that's sort of what I want to say. It limits your options in terms of action. Uh, sometimes I talk about spontaneity. Spontaneity, a part of it, I think, means having a whole lot of options in terms of action. You can choose a whole lot of different options in uh, an unforced, natural, often very quick, responsive way. You can choose a lot of, from a you can choose from a lot of different options. If you're relating in a way that's only that rejects any inauthentic behavior or presentation, your options tend to narrow down pretty fast. Um, it's a kind of aversion. It's a kind of rejection of custom. So I, I think I want to end here by saying that there's a, a tension, and I think I'll try to explore this more later on in this, this, this episode, a tension between seeing the falseness of some of those customs but then also seeing the workability of some of those customs.